His and Hers Horror features two adults discussing horror movies, serial killers, and other spooky content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to His and Hers Horror. My name is Tia. My name is David. And this week we will be talking about a subject that kind of ended up morphing into what it is from another episode idea. So initially we were going to do an episode about The Omen. Mm-hmm. And in doing some of my research, I realized we weren't going to get a full episode out of that, even if we did talk about the entire series. And the show, there was a show that came off of that too, or was that? There was. There was a a Damien show that didn't last for very long. Mm. But even talking about that, we weren't going to get much traction out of that. So we ended up kind of branching out. And so this week's episode is about the Antichrist. Hence the intense music, I take it. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, before we get started, I do have a couple little um, production note type deals. First of all, again, I want to thank our thank anybody who's listening. We really appreciate it. I was checking. This is kind of bo- maybe boring for anybody listening, but I was checking our analytics yeah. and we actually have listeners in Canada now. Sweet. Which is really cool, but also makes me feel even worse about the French <laughs> that I butchered in the Slashers episode. It'll be okay. Again, I'm really sorry. I'm sure that I didn't do, I don't know. But thank you. Welcome. And we appreciate it. I want to also give a quick shout out to Liz and Kelsey and Lacey and Monica, who have all been giving us some feedback on the show and letting us know what they like. Yeah, it's much appreciated. It is. I do also have two plugs for other content creators who have been kind of helping us out. Oh, yeah. Uh, First is uh, one of David's friends, Lucas. Lucas and I, uh, we met about 21, 22 years ago, I just realized. And uh, it's been that long. Wow. Yeah, he has been, you know, listening to the show. And whenever we have a new episode come out, he's been sharing it on Twitter and on Facebook, just kind of trying to get us out there. And we really appreciate it. Lucas and his friend Matt have a podcast of their own called Blinders Off. Yeah, it's a fantastic show. It's about St. Louis. And you'd be surprised how much history and unique things you would find in any city. But I mean, if it's a really entertaining, well-produced show. Mm-hmm. And they can be found on uh, Spotify's Stitcher, Apple Podcast. They have their own website also. So I definitely recommend checking that out. They also have a whole episode that's on like regional cuisine, like specific to St. Louis. It's a fantastic episode. Which... I even, again, I was like, what is there besides toasted ravioli? <laughs> well, check out the episode and find out. Uh, it's toasted, al- it's also very ASMR friendly. Toasted ravioli and Ted Drews. 
I don't think Ted Drews is on there. No, anyway. I don't know. The other one we have is our friend Lizzie has her own YouTube channel. At It's uh, Carnage Candy, and Candy is spelled with two Ys. And she does horror film reviews and top 10 lists and things of that nature. She's been also really great about plugging us in some of her videos and also on her Twitter, which we super, super duper appreciate. Maybe one day we'll do like a collab or something. That'd be cool. That would be really cool. But I also highly recommend checking her out. And that is all I have for production notes. So I'm going to get started with this juggernaut of a topic. So the concept of the Antichrist is something I wanted to go into just because I don't know, depending on how you were raised or like what religion you were raised in, you may not be super familiar with it. Mm. I, I myself, I was raised Catholic. And while there is mention of like the Antichrist and, and stuff like that in the book of Revelation, they don't really teach it a super lot. Mm. But the word Antichrist is actually, it comes from Greek. Anti meaning against or opposite of or in place of and Christos, which means anointed one. So the Antichrist opposes Christ by substituting themselves for Christ. I said Christ a lot just now. Yeah. The first real mention of the Antichrist as he's known in Christian dogma really would be in the book of Revelation. Okay. Interesting thing about that is that Nowhere in the book of Revelation does it say that the Antichrist is the son of Satan. But that gets conflated quite a bit in media. Yeah, Satan's not even mentioned in the book of Revelation at all. There's Mm. no mention of him. And he's just kind of like an, an opposing figure. And there are different mentions of the Antichrist in various religions, mostly Christianity. Mm-hmm. But there are like other subsets. So one of the first mentions of the Antichrist is this early second century apostolic father named Polycarp. Polycarp? Polycarp, yes. I thought that was a Pokemon. No. <laughs> oh, that's Magikarp, sorry. That's Magikarp. So he warned the Philippians that... So much material I could take off of this. I know. So Polycarp warned the Philippians that everyone who... <laughs> Those are words. <laughs> Listen, I never said that this was going <laughs> to be good. Sorry. Polycarp warned the Philippians that everyone who preached the false doctrine was an antichrist. So, so okay. Yeah. So the antichrist wasn't a specific person. It was a class of people. Okay. So essentially heretics. So then the next guy after that would be uh, Cyril of Jerusalem. Cyril. He was a uh, mid-4th century theologian. He actually was later canonized, so he is now a saint. Okay. And he wrote a couple things about the Antichrist, and the, the main thing he stated was that the Antichrist would reign as ruler of the world for three and a half years. That's super specific. Yeah, before being killed by Christ shortly after the second coming. Wow, that supposes a whole lot. It does, yes. One of the other interesting things, and I didn't know this really, which I kind of make sense because, again, I was raised Catholics, so I'm not surprised I didn't hear about a bunch of this. So uh, Protestant reformers and Martin Luther had Mm -hmm. a lot to say about the Antichrist. Okay. So they felt that the early church had been led into the great apostasy by the papacy so for those of you who are not familiar the papacy is like church officials so the pope cardinals bishops those officials rooks bonds knights 
And they specifically identified the Pope as the Antichrist. Oh. So the Great Apostasy is a concept in Christianity that describes a perception that the church has fallen away from the original teachings of Christ and the apostles. Okay. So basically, a lot of Protestant reformers and Martin Luther felt that the papacy itself was the Antichrist as they were the representatives of an institution that was opposed to Christ and his original teachings. Yeah, is that tied to like the Diet of Worms and calling out folks for plenary indulgence and selling, you know, simony and simony and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So basically anything that early Catholics were doing and and early Christians in general that was felt to be opposed to the specific teachings of Christ and the apostles was seen as being antichrist behavior. Okay. So for a lot of these groups, the antichrist, it wasn't a person. It was a group of people or a specific behavior. Okay. There are some other interpretations. The one I found the the most interesting was this uh, Christian Russian philosopher named Vladimir Solovyov. Okay. And he wrote in uh, February 1900, he wrote this essay, I believe, called A Short Tale of the Antichrist. And it had, it included prophetic visions of the 20th century. And one of the things that he believed was that the Antichrist would be a lawyer. Yeah, figures. Who would represent himself as a pacifist, an ecologist, and an ecumenist. What's an ecumenist? Ecumenist or ecumenism is uh, a movement promoting unity among Christian churches or denominations. So it's basically, you know, currently you look at Christianity and you have Catholicism, Protestant, Lutheran, Baptist. Right. It's bringing all of those groups together into one big church, basically. How's that going for? I mean, not great. (laughs) (laughs) I think we can all agree it just keeps getting worse. (laughs) So there are other religions besides Christianity that have a concept of the Antichrist. Um, Judaism okay. has warnings of they, not necessarily Antichrist, but false prophets. Right. They don't have a specific anti-Messiah figure from the information I was able to find. Uh, one of the other things that I found really interesting was uh, there is mention in uh, Islam oh. of an Antichrist figure. And... Apologies if I butcher this name. I practiced it, and I'm so hopefully it's Al-Masi Ad-Dajjal, which literally means the deceiving Messiah. Okay, well, I mean, that actually makes sense. Yeah. So, similar to the Christian teachings of the Antichrist, Al-Masi Ad-Dajjal is said to emerge from the East and imitates the miracles of Christ with the aid of demons. Hmm. So, in the late 19th century, there was an Islamic revival and messianic movement founded in Punjab in India. Okay. That is called Ahmadiyya. And their interpretation of Al-Masiyah Dajjal is a little different. Instead of seeing them as a specific person, they see Al-Masiyah Dajjal as a group of nations that's centered on a false theology. Hmm. So again, it's not a specific person. It's a a a group of people. It's a thought process. uh, Exactly. Way of being. Yeah, precisely. Now, I'm sure just anybody knows if they are into politics at all. Comparing a politician to the Antichrist is kind of thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. I did find in my research three specific people who were called the Antichrist in history. And there was a reason that they were called the Antichrist. It wasn't just that people didn't like him and they're like, oh, he's the Antichrist. It wasn't a substitute for calling someone an asshole. No, no. Okay. There were specific reasons. Okay, let's hear them. 
one of them was Frederick II. So uh, Frederick II was a Holy Roman Emperor. Uh, some of the things that led him to be considered kind of the Antichrist figure mm-hmm. was um, he was kind of a religious skeptic. He didn't really get the point of religion. Okay. He was called the Preambulus Antichristi by Pope Gregory the Ninth. So Greg didn't like what he was doing. No, Pope Gregory the Ninth did not like him. Basically, Preambulus Antichristi basically means like the precursor to the Antichrist. So he didn't necessarily believe that he was the, he himself was the Antichrist, but that he was the forerunner in the way that John the Baptist was the person who came before Jesus. Right. It, he actually ended up excommunicating Frederick. Frederick is actually also in uh, Dante's Inferno. Okay. He's in the realm of the heretics. Interesting. Uh, one of the others was uh, Tsar Peter the Great of Russia. What? Yeah. So there's a group in there, or there was at the time, a group in Russia called the Old Believers. Mm-hmm. And they believed that Tsar Peter the Great was the Antichrist based on his treatment of the Orthodox Church. So he was doing things like the main thing that he was doing that they didn't like was he was requiring them to pay taxes. Mm. And that is something that they had kind of always been exempt from. Even now you have a lot of religious religious institutions are exempt from taxes and certain certain other things. So the old believers, those were the carryover from the Russian Orthodox Church Reformation? I think so, yeah. Um, Last one that I specifically had was uh, Benito Mussolini. That tracks. And so he was actually, a lot of his contemporaries and people since who have studied him believed him to be the Antichrist due to his attempt to revive the uh, Holy Roman Empire. Of all the things he did, that's what he was trying to do? Apparently. Mm. Everything I find, I found in my research, I kept expecting to find Hitler. Because mm. a lot of people are like, Hitler's the Antichrist or Hitler. Yeah. They talk about how evil he was. I couldn't find anything. Wow. Like, so this episode's covering all of the baddies. Yeah, basically. Eesh. Yeah. But that was a lot of stuff that I found. I, just, I find that kind of stuff interesting. Hmm. Maybe it's, maybe I'm the only one. Let me know. <laughs> uh, and so now I'm kind of going to, now I'm going to go into uh, fictional Antichrist figures. Yay. And less heavy. Less, well, well, well. <laughs> There's credits at the end of all of these things. <laughs> Which means it's over for the moment. Well, not not necessarily because I I whenever I can I will start with literature. Fair. I'll I'll put literature in the middle that way people will stick around to hear about the movies. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a lot of obscure mm-hmm. Antichrist references in literature, but there are a couple of bigger ones. Okay. One of them is Randall Flagg in The Stand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Randall Flagg and then later in the Dark Towers series, The Man in Black, are both considered to be Antichrist figures. They're basically evil personified. And some of their behaviors in gathering followers and performing, you know, miracles, Mm -hmm. in quotation marks, has the typical Antichrist tendencies to it. Hmm. Uh, One of the other ones, I haven't read this book, but I keep meaning to and... Amazon did a mini series on it not too long ago, and it's Good Omens. Oh, yeah. So there is uh, an Antichrist figure in that. His name is Adam, and it takes a more comedic tone to it, where there was an accidental baby swap. 
when <laughs> when he was born. So the person that they've been monitoring, that, you know, the powers that be have been monitoring thinking they were the Antichrist is not. It's actually this other guy. <laughs> And one of the other ones, this one I found interesting because it's it's one of those ones where he's the Antichrist on a technicality. Okay, I'm listening. And that is Hellboy. Oh, yeah. Because Hellboy is, if you look at the comics, he is technically an Antichrist figure because he is, you know, the son of evil. He's got the right hand of doom that is intended to be used to bring about the end of the world. But because of the way he was raised, he's like, you know, no. He's not really into that shit. No, I'm good. I'm just going to save the world instead. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Rebellious youth. How dare. How very dare. So then when we look at films, the first real Antichrist film was based off of a book, and that's Rosemary's Baby. And the interesting thing about that one is you never actually see him. Mm. The baby is is named Adrian at the end, you find. Hmm. And... Adrian! You get kind of a description of him, not even a very good description. There's just like Rosemary freaking out and like, what did you do to his eyes? And Roman Castavet is just like, he has his father's eyes. And then that's the revelation of Satan is his father. And now all I have is an Eric Clapton song stuck in my head. Sorry about that. But yeah, you never actually see him. The film focuses more on Rosemary and her paranoia and uh, the cast of and the other people that are involved in this satanic cult. The one where you really get the focus on the actual Antichrist is the Omen. Yes. So fun thing about the Omen. I really enjoy it. I enjoy both versions of it. There's two. So there's the original that was done in 76. And then Mm -hmm. they did a remake in 2006 that I really enjoyed. I actually talked my Aunt Donna into it was one of those times where I was like staying with her for like a week or two during the summer. And I talked her into going and seeing it with me. How'd that go? Good. She's, She's not super into horror, but like she's she enjoys spending time with me. So she was fine with watching what I wanted to watch. Fair enough. Yeah. So Damien is the son of Satan and a jackal. Uh, for those of you who are unaware, a jackal is a wolf-like canid. So I'm just I'm just picturing how that would work. I mean, mm. who knows? Ah, imagery. Don't think about it. Don't think about it too hard. So he is adopted by an American diplomat named Robert Thorne after Robert's child is reported to be stillborn. Okay. You find out later that it, it wasn't stillborn. Machinations happened that forced Damien into his household. So Damien, actually, it is Greek for to tame or subdue. Okay. Mm-hmm. So some of the characteristics that Damien has that kind of mark him out as the Antichrist, besides being, you know, the son of Satan and a wolf dog, is he has a 666 birthmark. For those of you who are unfamiliar, 666 in the Book of Revelation is the number of the beast. And he can only be killed with the seven daggers of Megiddo on hallowed ground. So the seven daggers, there's not really a whole lot of information on the seven daggers of Megiddo. They're basically seven knives that you have to stab him with. This is starting to sound like a Castlevania game. I mean, kind of, yeah. So one of the other fun facts that I have about the Omen, it was nominated for two Oscars. Okay. And it actually won for best score. But the thing that I find interesting about that is that a, a lot of people are familiar with the Ave Satani piece mm-hmm. yeah. that is is in the Latin. So funny thing about that, the Latin's actually wrong. And usually I'm the one pointing out linguistic errors. Well, I was just curious. So the I I have a 
I have a playlist on Spotify that's all like horror movie and horror themed stuff. So it's basically just like various spooky music. Some of it is scores from horror movies. Some of it is stuff by uh, like My Chemical Romance or Disturbed or System of a Down, just that kind of basic feel. So I was curious one day when I was listening to this song, what the Latin actually meant. And that's what caused me to look this up. So one of the things that I think is really interesting as far as the Latin being wrong is that in the original soundtrack, mm-hmm. there is a line that's meant to be like, hail, hail, Antichrist. Mm-hmm. And they do it as Ave, Ave versus Christus. And the thing that's funny about that is that the word Antichrist already existed in Latin and has the same amount of syllables. So instead of going Ave, Ave versus Christus, they could have just said Ave, Ave Antichriste, and it would have been the same fucking thing. And it would have actually been grammatically correct in the Latin. Oy. I know. But now now you know that. now, And now all of you know that. You're welcome. <laughs> there are several sequels for the film. Yeah, there are. Uh, only two of them are any good. My personal favorite is, I think it's the second one when he's in the boarding school. When he's in the military school, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my all-time favorite. Yeah. So the second one is when he is a teenager at military school. <laughs> part of why, part of David's favorite thing about it is him calling out his teacher for, or his teacher trying to call him out for being dumb and it not working out. Yeah, it backfires, and it was kind of a double header because when I was first watching this. I was watching this with uh, my mom and stepfather, and I had just recently been introduced to Monty Python, and I had this album, Monty Python Sings, and there's a song called Oliver Cromwell, and basically it's just got all these dates and stuff, and long story short, you know, we, we rented the movie, and this teacher's like, okay, if you're so smart, you know, Oliver Cromwell, and... Damien says birth or death and he he says both and at the same time Damien and I both said 1599 1658 September and I'm like I just thought it was cool that I remembered it from the song but my folks are looking at me like oh shit (laughs) where did you learn that so I just played dumb I said I don't know I just know it and that was an awkward dinner that tracks uh so the third film is Damien as an adult And he's played by Sam Neill, who people nowadays will probably know as uh, Dr. Grant from Jurassic Park. (laughs) (laughs) So there is a fourth sequel. What? But don't watch it. It's so bad. Or do watch it if you like bad movies. No, don't. Don't. It makes no sense. It's about this girl who is supposed to be Damien's daughter. And I I don't even want to. I couldn't even explain it because it makes so little sense. It's super weird. Hmm. Just stop with the third one. The, the, if you're going to watch the whole, just watch one, two, and three, and you're fine. If you do want to watch something else after that, watch the 2006 remake. There you the go. The 2006 remake is really good. It has uh, Leah Schreiber and Julia Stiles as Robert and Catherine Thorne. It has David Thewlis as the photographer. Oh, who, yeah. <laughs> who helps Robert with the investigation. Pete Postlethwaite plays the priest who kind of warns him. That's a fun name. Yeah, I know. But I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. And Mia Farrow's actually in it also. Mia, Mia Farrow has a cameo as Mrs. Baylock, the nanny who turns out to be in league with the okay. devil. So some others that I have from film that are interesting. So we've got Lucas from Little Evil. 
which right. we have talked about before. Right, in the, in the horror comedy episode. Yes. Recently, we watched a movie. It was a Netflix original movie called Eli. Oh, yeah. Give the movie a full chance. It's really good. It's actually really good, I think. I'm willing to wager half of you will be on board with it until about the last 20 minutes, and the other half of you will perk up in the last 20 minutes. Yeah. It's basically about this kid who is allergic to the world. And it goes on from there, but... Yeah. The girl who plays Max on Mm. Stranger Things is in it. Yes. I thought it was really good. I'd love to tell you all about it, but I really don't want to ruin it either. Yeah. One of the other ones that I kind of forgot about is The Devil's Advocate. Okay, yeah. Kevin Lomax, Keanu Reeves' character, is technically the Antichrist. And a lawyer. And is a lawyer, exactly. Aww. (laughs) That sound, I swear to God. (laughs) But here's the thing, there's actually two Antichrists in that film, because Al Pacino's character is the devil, basically. Mm -hmm. And so Kevin, Keanu Reeves' character, is one of his kids. The other is that really hot redheaded lawyer that works for the firm, Christabella. Oh, yeah. That's his daughter. Okay. Because his whole plan is he wants Kevin and Christabella to have sex so she gets pregnant to have the ultimate antichrist. Oh, it's like, okay. Yeah, it's like fusing characters. Basically, yeah. And so the last one is one of my favorites that is different in the fact that it is one of the very rare instances of a female Antichrist. And that is Angela in the Vatican tapes. Yeah. So one of the things that kind of marks her out, besides the pseudo-possessed behavior, Mm -hmm. some of the things that she does is that she is actually born of a prostitute, which is a perversion of Christ's virgin birth. Okay. That also carries back to, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I was going to (laughs) say. But that one I also really recommend. It's uh, Duggery Scott is in it. He plays her dad. And it also has Michael Pena. Yes, I love Michael Pena. Michael Pena is so great. He is a a priest in that. It also has uh, Jimon Hoosen is a priest who works for the Vatican. And the whole setup is basically that there's something wrong with this girl. And they're looking at this documentation to try and figure out what best to do from here on. So that's... That's all I really have for movies and literature and stuff. I know you went more into Antichrist representations in like video games. I tried. You tried. (laughs) Hashtag I tried. Um, Yeah, I was able to find a whole handful of, uh, let's be honest, sketchy as hell links for free downloads of all sorts of Antichrist video games. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. when, When I see something like free download and... And that just sets off alarms. Yeah. None of those games were really titled very well, like Antichrist the Coming. I'm like, wait a minute. That sends all sorts of (laughs) mixed signals there. I won't shame them here, but if they are legit, I'm not clicking on the links. Right. But I did find a legitimate game that does fit the bill. It appears to have stirred up some controversy in uh, certain sectors of the interwebs. You may have heard of it. It's called Lucius. I have heard of it. Uh, yes. There's also two sequels, Lucius 2, The Prophecy, and Lucius 3. No subtitle, just just Lucius 3. Okay. It kind of fits in similar to the Omen and kind of conflating the Antichrist and Son of Satan as the same. While some would view that as correct, 
Others see Antichrist as a distinct and separate entity. Anyway, all three games are developed by Shiver Games and published by, or at least the first game uh, is published by uh, Lace Mamba Global for Microsoft. Okay. Centered on a six-year-old boy who is the son of Satan, where players get to take control of Lucius as he murders members of his household using powers of telekinesis and mind control. I do... I don't know... Are you... There's one that I remember specifically from a from a gaming list that we've seen on YouTube a couple times. Yes. And, I mean, other manipulation. Think Hitman, but Child of Satan. And also you have telekinesis. And telekinesis. Actually, <laughs> his powers grow in the sequel. It Well, this the first sequel, it serves as a loose sequel, focused more on addressing the criticisms of how linear the first game was. Mm-hmm. It offers player a variety of ways to complete their objectives, so... Think like Hitman, where yeah. it's like you can you can take out, you know, you can take out your target directly, indirectly, however. This you is want. your target. Figure out how to do it. But here he is also given pyrokinesis. <gasps> yes. Fire powers. Yes. Um, I had a hard time. I mean, I'm sure the games are great. I had a hard time keeping things together when I when I was research- researching it because in the second one the plot focuses around uh, Lucius being sent to a psychiatric ward of St. Benedict's Hospital uh, and he's assisted by a detective MacGuffin. <laughs> I am not kidding. The detective's name is MacGuffin. Why not just call the Hi, I'm Detective Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> Um, the third sequel, Lucius Three, was uh, released actually fairly recently, December 13th, uh, 2018. And this one kind of returns to its roots in a sense, where he goes back to his old neighborhood. Okay. Uh, in Winter Hill. Ooh. Through trials and tribulations, we'll finally get to see where the road takes him. And Lucius once again teams up with MacGuffin <clears throat> as they commit you know, murders and uh, try to break uh, a scroll's seven seals to bring about the apocalypse. Yeah, the one specific kill that I remember that you can do that I've seen mentioned, I know it's been mentioned in at least two different video game channels that we watch Mm -hmm. in lists, is one where you have to throw someone into a wood chipper. But the thing is, unlike Hitman, where you're strong enough to actually pick the person up, in, in Lucius, you're a small child. Yeah, you're six. Yeah, so the way that you go about doing it is you basically, like, turn on the wood chipper toss a wallet in front of the where you, you like the hopper where you feed the stuff into it and then when somebody comes over to pick up the wallet you use your telekinesis to push them in <laughs> and there's actually an achievement for for doing that if oh, i remember gosh. correctly yeah i mean i was certain i was going to see a whole whole bunch of things connecting you know connecting the dots but i mean there don't get me wrong there are tons of demons and villainous characters and really dark stuff in some games but well because you could almost consider alma from the fear series she's not necessarily the antichrist but she is a that's more she's more of an evil child well and she She, wasn't even made she wasn't even born evil she was made evil yeah so she's the product of mankind right exactly so not the antichrist so really there's okay i don't know why i said that then it's okay i don't know Sorry. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, Alma. You went through a lot. She did go through a lot. I would, honestly, if there was more stuff, there's not there's not a whole lot that goes into the Antichrist, and I think part of that is because it does folk, it does center, the concept of the Antichrist does center on religion. 
Right. I mean, and anytime you go there, you're going to end up with people that are displeased with you coming at what they see as their religion or whatever, mm-hmm. or their belief system. I I still think I I find it interesting to look at, and it's fun to look at the differences in horror films between the Antichrist and like demonic possession. So you know, I'm down for demonic possession films because. Well, and there's some stuff where, like, particularly the Vatican tapes, it's initially seen as a possession right. film. It's initially supposed that she is possessed. And then it starts to come out that, no, that's just another part of who she is. You can't get rid of one without getting rid of both. Kind of a lure. Yeah, basically. But yeah, this was a this was a short one, or at least shorter than our last couple episodes. But but, I mean, but again, you know, there's only so much we can go into with this without going without it just being like a dissertation on theology. <laughs> I don't think anybody, you know, no one's I, here for that. Nobody's here for that. All right. Is there anything else you had to say on the topic? No, not really. Uh, right. I mean, you know, just try to you know give a respectful perspective on what we were able to find. Yeah. Something that we are going to start including starting in the next episode is something we thought would be fun to do is we, whenever we're talking about movies and specific examples and stuff, we always like to bring in our favorites. We actually kind of also want to know your favorites. Yeah, absolutely. So starting next episode, we are going to have a listener favorites segment for that particular topic. So I will... Prior to recording that particular episode, we are going to, I'll post on our Twitter and on the Facebook page, you know, what the next topic is going to be. And if you want to give me, you know, the name of the movie or the instance or, or the video game, whatever it is that fits that topic, we will go ahead and mention it. Yeah, absolutely. And listener shout out kind of deals. We already have them prepped for the next episode, uh, just because we prep in advance, uh, obviously. But yeah, if you want to send us your ideas, you can do that on the Facebook page and on Twitter. Uh, our Twitter is at H2HorrorCast. Uh, you can also email us at H2HorrorCast at gmail.com. And our Facebook is His and Hers Horror. And that's all I have to say about that. Alrighty. <laughs> all right. Once again, thank you for listening and have a great day. Take care. Music for this episode was I Dominate by Shane Ivers of Sylvania Sound.